Hi, and thanks for tuning in to Public Safety Now on Hexagon Radio. I'm your host, John Whitehead, Vice President of Sales for U.S. Public Safety at Hexagon Safety and Infrastructure Division. So on our last episode, we spoke a lot about EziNet, and it really steered into the delivery of data, whether it's voice, video, text, just information coming into the 911 PSAPs, uh, information that, that dispatchers and first responders really want. On this episode, we've got a person here, Ralph Diment. He's our Director of Industry and Product Marketing. And I just want to have just a conversation. Where's the industry going? How does data kind of, uh, kind of work within the industry? And whether you're from the vendor side or sitting out there in the actual seat, I think this will be a, just a fun time to sit here and talk to Ralph. So, uh, Ralph, how are we doing today? Um, great, John. Um, Pleasure to be here. Always uh, like talking to you and always come away <laughs> learning something as well. So, uh. no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You and I've had many conversations here. And so, Ralph, you got a pretty cool background here, but you didn't start off in public safety, did you? Uh, no, that's right. I actually started off in, um, very large civil engineering infrastructure projects. Um, pretty amazing, um, construction works around the globe. So things like the, uh, the Hong Kong airport, um, you know, all the new reclamation they did there, all those um, fancy palm islands in Dubai and things like the um, Channel Tunnel. So, you know, really look about how you're going to extend uh, city infrastructure and, uh, you know, work out, anticipate which sort of problems you might face. Very interesting. And, I, and I'm assuming, you know, people that are listening to this are probably, you know, by your accent, they're probably thinking, hmm, Southern Alabama accent right there. <laughs> no, I'm, ju- I'm just kidding here. What, 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 what uh, you're, you're from the UK, right? Isn't that where you're from? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So born and bred in the UK and uh, get to travel around occasionally, but uh, I've kept the accent. Nice, nice. Well, there you go. Well, it sounds great on this uh, on, on this episode. So, well, so tell me what what's it like. So, a lot of the people that we've spoke with here over the last year has been you know right here in the U.S. Um, what's it like being from the U.K. but but having this influential role here as you're developing solutions for a U.S. based public safety audience? Um, it's it's really fascinating because you get to talk to um, public safety agencies and, and in fact you know increasingly relevant to that is other industries as well right around the world and um you get to learn uh from different approaches so you have obviously different cultural context you have even different attitudes to technology and data and even how people interact with with public services so having that um you know, broad perspective gives you opportunities to, um, you know, look at slightly different ways to do it and see opportunities that maybe don't exist in one country that you can bring to another. Um, and, um, having a cross industry, um, background and, and sort of view as well is also increasingly relevant because the thing that's becoming clear with, with public safety is it's, it's no longer just, uh, um, an issue that public safety agencies can or even should try and face uh, by themselves. You know, it really is a, a collaborative effort more and more these days. Yeah, you know what it really is, and and what I like about your background, Ralph, is that you know you don't come from public safety, and and that that to me is a positive in your role because a lot of times, uh, myself included, we get into that rut of well, we've always done it this way, right? I mean, it's it's the way public safety works, and you hear different things like that. 
And I like, ha- you know, your background, being able to come in, maybe looking at it through a through a different set of lenses, if you will, and being able to come up with something, uh, something unique. Yeah. Kind of uh, push us forward. Yeah, I think that's um, true of a lot of advancements. If you look at innovation in, in any aspect of society, um, you know, applying technology, it, it's not invention. It really is taking things that have already been invented and just looking at new ways to apply them to you know, where they become usable and have value and utility. Um, you know, thinking of smartphone, there was nothing new in a smartphone. We had we had cameras, we had GPS, we had mobile phones, and it, it was just bringing that all together that suddenly transformed, you know, fairly dull utilitarian device into a you know the preferred uh, method of interacting with technology around the globe. So yeah, that that it's it's having that uh, ability to see laterally that opens up those opportunities. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good analogy, right? It's, it, it's the same thing, just done a little bit differently and, and maybe streamlining and, and doing things a little bit. What are some of the biggest changes? I mean, how long have you been, how long have you been here, Ralph? How long have you been with us? Oh, forever. <laughs> no, I was, uh, <laughs> I was a customer for, for five years and, you know, I use a lot of other technologies as well. But then, um, I joined as a, an application engineer, uh, back in 1995. So coming up on 25 years and then, um, Worked in, in, in defense, in utilities, in transportation, government, and, you know, more recently in, in the public safety arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moved from, uh, you know, technical uh, support role into uh, pre-sales, then business development, and eventually into, um, into marketing. Nice. Yeah. You know what? It, it, it feels like forever. I know. I mean, it's been, it's been a bunch of years, but then all of a sudden I look back and it doesn't seem like it's been that long. I started as a customer actually in 95. So the mm-hmm. first eight years I was out in a, in a customer site using, uh, the Integraph products. And then whenever I came over here, uh, Integraph and now Hexagon, um, I'm coming up here on 24 and a half years with the product. Uh, 16 and a half years at the actual company. So, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's been kind of interesting to kind of see the ebb and the flow and the, how things change. I mean, man, when I started, we were back on a Unix clicks operating system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, today we're talking cloud. We're talking, you know, pushing this data up into a, an Azure environment. And it's, it's very interesting that things have changed. What are some of the biggest changes that, that you've seen in public safety just since you've been? Working with them. I guess some of the initial CAD systems. So those, yeah, they were uh, Unix based and um, you have things like mobile um, positioning, but it was all wireless based. I think the, the thing that is entirely different um, in the recent years is just that complete transformation. I don't think that's an exaggeration. It's a transformation in the, the flexibility of the technology. The ability to um, integrate, uh, to share data, to coordinate processes. So you're getting um, a much more effective tool for everyone. You're getting much more streamlined um, operations, more sort of task-oriented tools. The, the user interfaces are just completely different now. Way, way clearer, um, more intuitive, less. Um, you know, less distracting in terms of you know, the things you need to see are right in front of you. And then mm-hmm. the other side of it is the ability to really leverage data. Um, it's, it's incredible that the wealth and richness of information that can be brought into the control room, but in a way that's very usable. 
Um, and then equally that that information can flow out to the fields to give the responders a much better idea of, you know, maybe who they're looking for or what the situation is. And then equally taking that operational data and um, you know, just the analytical tools that are available now are, are way more accessible, way more powerful um, and not even limited simply to reports and analysis, but really um, real-time decision support and, and um, you know, hints and uh, suggestions you can pass to a, you know, an operational workflow, which is um, taking a lot of that pressure off those guys to really feel like they have to constantly be aware of everything that's going on. It, it just, uh, you know, can say, hey, this might be of interest and, uh, you know, give them that extra little edge to uh, feel secure and maybe share some you know, really powerful information to their colleagues to you know, help a, a response situation. Yeah, you know, you mentioned a couple of things in there. Um, it's interesting, and I'll tie that back to a comment you said earlier. You know, uh, when it, when we come to smartphones, I mean, it, it really is taking multiple devices and putting it into one one smartphone device, if you will. And and you kind of commented on that when it came to the changes over over time when it comes to CAD, right? I mean, at the at the core. Uh, today's CAD systems are still creating incidents, dispatching units, uh, maintaining those those units status, uh, showing us some mapping details, and then ultimately clearing that and pushing that data on to other systems. So if you just look at the CAD workflow itself, at its core, they all do the same thing and they all meet that minimum. It, it, it's these additional items that really make the difference. And as I stated at the beginning, uh, last episode, we spoke with Darren Riley with Mission Critical Partners, and he mentioned, you know, the importance of these call centers being able to take in this kind of data. And, and as you just said, right, being able to utilize that data as needed. How do you think agencies, though, are, are handling that much data coming in or that type of data coming in and that data flow? Yeah, I think that that's really where people are standing at the crossroads now that, you know, if you're on an older legacy type of system, then it's quite hard to, to change them really fundamentally in the way they're operating, which is you know essentially what we're asking to happen. You're changing from answering a telephone with a you know a fixed line call to really just receiving data. Uh, you know, I think it's fewer than twenty percent of calls are made with landlines now, so. The call itself is data. Uh, people are trying to push in um, chat messaging, sending in videos. And really, yeah, if if your system isn't intrinsically designed in that new sort of complex hybrid IT world that we live in today, it's really difficult to extend them in a way that will give you a, a solution that's viable for the for the operator. Answering the telephone or the call for service isn't itself standalone. Yeah, it's it's interesting because over the years we've seen we've seen these silos, right? CAD data sitting in one location, uh, mm -hmm. records management for police sitting in another, fire records in another. Plus, then you've got all these mobility apps and and, and mobile products that that are running out in the field. And I, I think to your point, making sure that that data can flow across all of those is extremely important because it does no good if all of a sudden information's coming in and a dispatcher has it, but yet can't forward that information on or that information doesn't automatically flow throughout the system. And I think that, that that's that's where you're going, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It's all yep. about um, 
connecting for streamlined operation, but also enabling you to fully harness that data to you know, give you whatever extra edge or insight or, you know, um, shaving some seconds of a process that uh, you might need. Um, and also collaboration externally with, with your partner agencies and the second and third tier responders. Yeah, I always find it, you know, it's interesting, right? For for those of us that, that get together and, you know, we're sitting here over dinner or something, having a conversation about this, it sounds easy. It really does. Mm-hmm. How do you go out, though, to the to the public safety professionals? How do you go out and, and kind of and give this message that you just gave? But but how do you focus on the importance of that in getting them into a unified system and, and, and having agencies understand? Um, well, I guess that's, that's the challenge. Um, because I think most agencies are aware that there's a need for radical change. I mean, they're under so much pressure. What they're being asked to do is so different from what it was even, you know, 10 years ago. And at the same time, their resources are, are really constrained. So it, it's a real dilemma. Um, so I, I think the problem is with that huge sort of wave of change coming towards you and you're being pulled in all these different directions um it, it, you can almost be the you know the deer in the headlights you don't know where to start so i think one of the the important parts of discussing this this whole process of change in, in the public safety mission is really that to find a way through to to to, sh- to try and find ways where you can start on that journey um to put in some tangible steps that will solve some of your issues today but you can also build on those moving you towards that sort of new um new modes of operation mm-hmm. so certainly you know being much more connected in 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 the information and process flows so you know moving away from that as you said that siloed approach where you you look at each function as its own function and you try to solve the problems within those you've really got to take a step back and and look holistically at what your information and process needs are and and really then how you would plan out your technical evolution to you know build out to where you need to get to yeah i know that that was a big thing uh as hexagon began years ago developing their their on-call suite in in their latest uh their latest release of cad and mobility products and records management for police i know that that was really uh one of the core factors to be able to do right we want to make sure that these that these products are are put together and and if you will, that, that, that kind of was the, 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 the big picture view of how these on-call suites should all work together. Let information come through and flow back and forth seamlessly. Yeah, absolutely. And then you get, um, the, the ability to really have connected data. So you can start using that to, um, really prioritize and inform your own policies. Um, and then I think because there's so much change in public safety, demands a really important um next step is to be able to communicate that out to the public and the politicians because you know if you're proposing uh, very significant changes in in terms of what you're doing and if people don't understand what you're being asked to do then you get into that situation of a disconnect uh, either with you know trust or um just public support for for what you're doing um there's some very very interesting reports uh they keep highlighting this as those um an ipsos mori public perception survey that really showed that people's understanding of 
the the, the risks and and the hazards. You know, maybe it's violent crime or terrorism. It's just completely out of touch with reality. And if you don't have that connection uh, between what you're being asked to do and um, and the reality, and it's difficult for people to understand whether you're doing your job effectively, or if you need to invest because actually crime has changed. For example, you know, yeah. I think two years ago in the UK, um, cyber crime incidents actually surpassed physical crime. You know, real tangible <laughs> traditional old school crime. So that means. You have to have a whole new set of skills and new tools, and it'll take resources like, you know, officers off the beat to sit in an office and plow over computer screens. And if the public doesn't understand that, all they see are fewer police on the beat and they think you're not doing your job properly. So it's really important to have you know, metrics, evidence-based uh, facts that you can then communicate and say, you know, this is all the reality. So, you know, we're doing this if, if you're not supporting of that then you know what you have to be um aware of the consequences and i think without that evidence-based communication it's almost impossible to have a meaningful dialogue and make progress and you know carry people with you yeah it, it it's no longer just a just a gut reaction it's no longer just oh there's some crime occurring in this area let's let's put some more officers on the street there it's no longer uh, just just kind of working from the gut. There's a lot of great data out there and, and analyzing that data and being able to to make that data actionable is is really the key. I mean, we've spoke about that numerous times on, on on this show and just, you know, just just talking to the importance of that. You know, I laugh because, you know, I, I think public safety communications and originally we think or immediately we think rather uh, a dispatcher talking to a police officer, a dispatcher talking to a firefighter. Mm-hmm. But to your point there, the communications are also just important of what we're sharing and giving back to the public. Yeah. What are we giving back and what are we allowing our citizens in our city or county or state to understand of, of what's going on? Because to your point, I might see one less officer or a handful of less officers on the street, but that doesn't mean that they're not busy. And that doesn't mean that they're not helping me as a citizen stay safer because a lot of this stuff now isn't happening on the street. It's not the strong arm robbery. It's the fact that they're breaking into someone's, you know, PC and they're they're stealing their identity and they're taking it slower or they're taking it, you know, in one big hit from their account. So it's it, it's a very interesting change in in the world and in how we're reacting to that. I think is um, I think is important, at least from a public safety point of view. Where do you see some some other shifts coming in? I mean, these are just some of the changes you and I've seen over the last few years. Uh, what are some of the other big shifts that you see coming in here over the next decade or so in public safety? Um, well, I think we sort of hinting at it in that last statement. I mean, crime used to be someone in your neighborhood would come and you know, break into your car and the local police guys would go and uh, investigate it. But yeah, now it's not going to be the local guys breaking into your bank account and um, you might not even be in the same country. So uh, there's a huge need to you know, realign um, how we invest in public safety resources to, in a way that is actually effective in solving the problem. Um, I think that's equally true of um, incidents that happen within cities. The, you know, the public safety agencies themselves can respond a little bit more quickly. They can use technology to be smarter in maybe picking up an incident that's developing sooner. But ultimately, we're seeing problems that really 
the public safety agencies, even if they collaborate amongst themselves, they can't solve them. They, they can respond to them, but they can't address the root cause. And there's increasing pressure and, you know, and, you know, awareness of that situation. And, um, I was just reading a, a fantastic report called, um, police, policing vision 2025. And it, in the intro there, it, it says that, um, we have to get out of that, um, agency mindset where I'm going to look at a problem purely within my own, uh, operational parameters, but also budgetary. So really a city needs to come together and talk about some of these problems and work out how they're going to solve them, even to the point of, you know, maybe how they're financed, because they really do need a collaborative solution to address the underlying causes. Um, and then all the different service functions within the city can, can work together on deploying that, that result. So I think that's, um, that's really, I think, where the future is going to go. And maybe another thing we're already seeing is a change in the way um, the public interact with with emergency services, um, mm-hmm. really driven by technological change and people's experience of um, you know one stop portals for interaction with service providers, and they expect the same thing from from public safety agencies. They they expect to be able to communicate through whatever channel they they prefer they want a single point of contact uh, and not to have to go and hunt around and find a different method because they have one issue one day and uh, you know a different issue another day and then also to have that persistence of the relationship so the service knows um, whoever they're talking to about the problems they've been experiencing and don't have to go and you know recount all those <laughs> issues every time they talk to a new person yeah, no, it, and it, it is interesting to see how the expectations uh, have changed. The expectations of, you know, what What do you mean I have to dial three digits now to report an emergency? Why can't I just text that? Why can't I just, uh, you know, use the latest social media uh, platform to, to to make contact with that? Mm-hmm. And, and and agencies attempting to keep up with that, I mean, it, it can be overwhelming. It can definitely be, uh, I think, a little scary at times just because of the the how quickly things change. But I think back to, you know, some of the items that you and I have talked about here just today and, and in other conversations, it's, it doesn't need to be scary. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be there. There are, there are platforms, there are programs in, in, you know, vendors like Hexagon can assist with those types of uh, change management aspects, if you will. So with that, how do you think agencies, you know, besides bringing in others, and as I've said on other on other shows, you know, you're not the first agency to do this. So please reach out to your Ninas and the APCOs and those big associations uh, that are out there to assist. But besides that, how do you think agencies can kind of prepare for this shift that's happening now and or coming in the future? Um, well, it takes it takes leadership. So this really is um, the responsibility of the senior managers within agencies to to set a vision and make sure the whole teams are you know aware of that, engaged and, and working towards those common goals. Um, and I think that really is is say taking that step back from this is how we do it today and say what do we need to do in the future, and then from that you can work out. Um, how what data you need to capture what the flows are and then what the capabilities are to to really deliver that vision um and and certainly in terms of 
that vision has to be broader than just internally with your, within your organization. It needs to um, look at how you're going to collaborate with the public, uh, with other services, and you know, increasingly with um, with businesses and commun- you know, um, commercial agencies within your within your cities. No, very cool. And how about yourself, Ralph? You know, 25 years now with, uh, with, with Hexagon and, you know, you've done a lot of change. It, it sounds like just in your own career. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how do you see your role in all this changing? Where, 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 what's next for you, Ralph? Oh, good question. I mean, if you'd asked me, I think at any point, have five years previous and 10 and 15, I think my, my view would have been quite different from, from the realities as, as it developed. I mean, that's one of the real joys of working in technology companies is, uh, it's always something new. It's, it's always, um, new challenges. Uh, it's, it's fascinating because it's always, um, based around problem solving. You're looking for practical, deployable solutions to, to real-world issues. And as those issues change and the technology changes, you know, that will always keep churning. So, um, yeah, as I come back in five years <laughs> and ask, and I might have a good idea. But uh, as long as I can keep, um, yeah, doing that, that same type of uh, real, you know, using your inqu- inquiring approach and uh, dealing with all these really fascinating customers out there because i think that's that's the thing that really makes it uh, so enjoyable is you, you meet such diverse organizations and people and they're all out there doing a great job and um, if you can help them do it a little bit better then uh, that's you know really rewarding no, well, you're doing some good work, and uh, I appreciate all the input that you've given myself and in the U.S. Public Safety uh, Business Unit over the years. You, you, you've been a, you've been a huge assistance there, and I and I uh, I see that continuing as we move forward and and things continue to change. With that, I just want to thank you, uh, Ralph, for for hanging out with me here a little bit. Uh, it was great. I think you're our first international guest on the podcast here, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and for those of you listening, to hear additional episodes or learn more, visit us at hxgnspotlight.com. And thanks for tuning in. Thank you.